welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hey everyone, I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. We're excited to bring you another in our series of interviews with top leaders in health IT. And our guest today is Stephanie Lahr, MD. She's the president of Artisite. Welcome, Stephanie. Yeah, great to see you again, John. Yeah, always good to have you here. You know, it's interesting. We had you on the CIO podcast. Now you're on the vendor side. This is yes, a fun yes. little perspective. Life but... changes. <laughs> it does for all of us. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and Artisite. Yeah, well, um, again, thanks for the opportunity to be here, especially wearing a now not so new hat. It's been almost a year, but I'm, as you mentioned, a physician, so internal medicine physician by background, spent really a lot of time um, in that CMIO informatics world and then transitioned into the combination CIO and CMIO role at Monument Health for several years, which was a wonderful role and great opportunity to learn and actually really become a part of Chime. Um, but I felt a lot during the time that I was in that leadership role and really throughout my career that as a CMIO in particular, that clinical side, I was often telling people, hey, I can make it suck less. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that was valuable. I mean, that's it's better, right? It's better than <laughs> the alternative. Um, but I really, I've been waiting for technology, which I knew it would, but for it to get to the point both in our ecosystem, but also in the capabilities, for us to be able to say, we're bringing the joy back. We're going to reduce the friction and people are going to want to be nurses and doctors and therapists mm -hmm. and all those things. And so um, when the opportunity presented itself for me to join Artisite, which is a company that is founded by clinicians, we're really a clinical team leveraging technology to solve healthcare problems. Um, I, I couldn't say no. I was so excited. Yeah, that's cool. Well, as you mentioned, we're here at the Chime <laughs> Fall Forum and they give out a lot of awards and, and, and you know, your, your client, uh, Guthrie Clinic and uh, Terry Couts, she she uh, won the Chime Innovator of the Year Award, yeah. which is a great honor. Yeah. Talk to us about your collaboration with them, you know, that obviously, you know, innovation, <laughs> that's core to what you're doing with them. Talk to us about what you're doing. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, certainly most of the credit goes to their leadership team who really was out in front on thinking about changing care models. That's a lot of what you know we were thinking about today is what are how are we going to tackle the staff shortages, the burnout, the the rising number of patients that they're going to be taking that we're going to need to take care of mm -hmm. with the fewer number of people that are going to be able to do that. And that's even if we have everybody in the field that we want to, just the population growth isn't going to support um, our current models. And so as a company, we've been thinking about automation at the clinical bedside and how do we really help the clinicians do what they need to do with less friction and with the benefit of technology. And Terry and her leadership team saw that vision really early on. In fact, it was really fun because while I was at Monument, we were collaborating together. Oh, um, and <laughs> then and then I was able to come in and support her uh, in a different way. And then the Artisite team was already doing great work with her. And so for them, they saw this vision that, um, you know, nursing needed a different way. Uh, they were facing struggles with ICU nurses that needed significant mentorship um, and the traditional ways of recruiting and getting nurses in just wasn't gonna work. And so um, this idea of 
putting a camera and a speaker in every room, creating a pulse center or a command center where, among other things, they would have centralized ICU nursing level capabilities to help mm -hmm. support the nurses in, in those hospitals that could help them keep those patients where they were and also um, make those nurses who needed the support feel better about the work they were doing, build their confidence and feel the commitment of their healthcare system to what it was, the work that they were doing and that they really wanted the success for them and their patients. And so, um, you know, that sort of laid the foundation, but Terry's vision went so much further than that. You know, as a company, part of what we do is lay that infrastructure around cameras and speakers in a hospital room, turning a television into a two-way video opportunity. Mm -hmm. I really think that in the next five years, every hospital room in the country is going to have a camera, a speaker, and some way to do two-way video. Uh -huh. That's going to be part of our um, new model and, our, and the transformation journey and how we're going to leverage automation. She saw that and said, in addition to being able to provide remote nursing support, um, it's going to lay the foundation for us to use things like computer vision and natural mm. language to do automation down the road. Um, and, and to an extent in some of the things that we're doing now with things like fall algorithms and then mm -hmm. collaborating with us even further um, in their ICU, you know, they wanted to do some improvement around um, pressure ulcer prevention. And we said, well, we can help with that, right? Let's uh -huh. build an algorithm and let's work with your team to train it and make sure that in a true healthcare environment, we understand what it takes and what it looks like to help prevent pressure ulcers and then create documentation automation or communication automation so that we are sure that we're complying with those things. And that's really the cool part about our relationship with them is we aren't just delivering technology and they're going out and using it we're delivering technology, they're using it, and then they're coming back and working with us and saying, here's where we wanna take it next. And we've said, great, let's figure out how to do that together. Mm -hmm. um, artificial intelligence for us in the healthcare environment absolutely needs training in the environment um, the, and, and needs um, clinicians to be participating in the training Perfect. of that. And so partnerships with folks like Guthrie and with Terry allow us to be able to use the relationships and the things that are happening in real time to make sure that the algorithms are working appropriately and doing the things that we really need them to do. So it's a lot of fun to work together. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've often said that, you know, you're, you're combining a lot of technologies into a great package that they can just leverage, you know, rather than implement this, implement this, you, you're packaging all these technologies that we've known about, computer vision, cameras, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. sensors, et cetera. So I think that's really interesting. Are you also providing some of the virtual staff for them or is that something they do? You're just doing the technology? Yeah, we, we don't provide the staff. Um, we provide a lot of coaching and um, playbooks we have on gotcha. models for how to do it. Um, we definitely have seen that different models work in different environments. That's one of the really neat things, but a little bit scary things for health <laughs> systems right now around rolling things out like virtual nursing is that there's no one way, there's no gold standard right now for that because it's so new. And so through the number of different health systems that we've been working with, we've started to really accumulate a robust, again, playbook that not is, it's not directive, but more supportive and being able to say, well, 
are you trying to solve a mentorship problem? Are you trying to solve a burnout problem? Are you trying to solve an opportunity for people to have more flexibility in their workflow? Are you trying to do all of those things? Are you looking at med surge units? Are you looking at ICU? So we walk through that with them and allow them to get to the path you know, that they need for their environment and their, um, their health system, because it's not gonna be one size fits all, um, but absolutely using their staff, sometimes in a hybrid model where okay. those nurses work a couple of days in uh, on the unit mm -hmm. and then go and work um, in a in a virtual care center um, which is really actually quite popular when you can make that work because those nurses get to kind of yeah. mix things up um, but in in areas like with Terry where she really needed that strong mentorship she hired nurses with seasoned ICU experience to be exclusively you know ICU virtual nurses so that she could provide that support so again um, you know all of our customers provide that staff themselves we just sort of help them navigate how do they want to do that and then how to make those workflows work gotcha so what were some of the results of the collaboration <clears throat> what was the impact on the organization yeah well you know, Terry tells the story very well, but just to some of her statistics, you know, they reduced nursing turnover from 25% to 13%. Wow. That's With a shortage, that's big. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, they, the savings by being able to allow the bedside nurse to focus on bedside care, it's actually, it's not a one-to-one -one relationship. When a bedside nurse is doing bedside care and then also trying to divert their attention to things like documentation and other kinds of tasks, it takes more time to do both of those things hmm. than if you have one person focusing on one and one person focusing on the other. So the time savings actually go beyond what you would think about. Well, they're just splitting the work. Where's the time savings? They're not, I mean, they are splitting the work, but because it's happening in different spaces, that remote nurse is able to get into the documentation much more quickly. The nurse in the in the room is able to stay very focused on the bedside care and move to the next room and, and do that care. So they saw millions of dollars in savings um, just related to the change of the care model. Um, and they've seen huge improvements in nursing satisfaction. Again, they feel invested in, they feel supported in the work that they are doing. Um, and then, and you know, that then translates into at the bedside minutes, 30 minutes, you know, even increasing to the amount of time that they are really able to get back in their day that reduces overtime and things like that so lots of really exciting stuff just in the very early stages you know with it in about a year of getting all this going wow and i think you know when i saw you know this award for innovator of the year i was interested because it impacted like the nurse the clinicians but also the patient can you talk about kind of that how you know we, we talk about what is it four or five how, how many focus areas we're trying to solve right, yeah, but you exactly. know like whatever it keeps expanding the triple aim the quadruple yeah. aim the quintuple aim the, yes. our aim keeps expanding yes. but you know talk to us about that how you know it impacts not just nurses which you talked about you know yeah. but clinicians and even patient satisfaction yeah well in medicine it's a team it's a team effort mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think we've really started to see in the last few years with the challenges of burnout and turnover and um, uh, having to have temporary staff and things like that is, is really an erosion of high-performing teams. Hmm. And everybody feels that. Yeah. So even if it's the same doctors that have always been there, if they don't feel that the nurses that they're working with are people that they know and trust. If they don't feel like they have the background, if they don't feel like the physical therapist or the pharmacist, again, it's a team sport. Mm -hmm. And so 
what we're seeing is that, as an example, in most of the situations, at least in the patient room, in some of our OR tools, the physician is actually very central to those. Okay. But in the patient room, a lot of them really are facilitated around the nurse mm -hmm. and other um, clinical staff, things like respiratory therapists, things like that. Um, but that improves the entire team, right? The physician feels better about the care that's happening and the work with the team because now those nurses are the same nurses that they've been working with. We're restoring mm -hmm. that high-performing team. From a patient perspective, um, and we don't have this data out of Guthrie yet, but from other customers, they've actually measured um, patient satisfaction okay. in, in units that have remote nursing versus those that don't and have seen remarkable uh, improvements in patient satisfaction, particularly in the areas around the nurse took the time and mm. had you know heard me and was able to communicate with me. Because again, the bedside nurse now has a, a more direct opportunity to stay focused with the patient. The other thing is we added a whole other nurse right into the situation. <laughs> sure. And so even though there's efficiencies in that, it allowed the patient to feel like they had more resources for them. And so it is an interesting thing that we hear sometimes about like, well, what do patients think about cameras and speakers being in the room? And, you know, we can talk through the fact that nothing's being recorded. All of that stuff is just happening in real time. The analysis is happening in real time. Um, the, any of the remote work is happening in real time. And then um, when we share that we're going to be able to focus more on the time and attention that you need for certain things mm -hmm. and be more attentive to things because now we have two people able yeah. to share this work. Most patients are pretty willing to think about, you know, jumping into that. And then we've had lots of really um, powerful stories about patients and families who have actually family members who felt like they perhaps couldn't leave the hospital because mm -hmm. they're, they needed yeah, to be there to, to support them. And the idea that somebody was going to be kind of keeping eyes, but from a distance, um, made them much more comfortable and feeling like they could, you know, really go home and get a good night's sleep, which we yeah. need those caregivers to do. So again, I expect to see more data, um, coming out this next year as we continue to expand this and have health systems monitoring things like, um, patient satisfaction, nursing and caregiver satisfaction and things like that. But it's, it definitely impacts the entirety of, of the team and everyone on it, including the patient. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting you you mentioned that you think there's going to be a camera in every room, which is a, you know, I don't disagree. Uh, but You'll have to intervene in five years and be like, you were right or we'll you see. were wrong. It, there might be five cameras. Think about that. Oh, well, but, oh, uh, well, we should talk about that. Let's hope not. Like that should not be the goal. We should be able to do what we want to do with one camera. Split the feed, right? Possibly. It, there, there's lots. Depends of, on the size of the room, but <laughs> well, yes. If you're trying to look at different things at the same time, perhaps. Exactly. But, um, but yes, we we do feel strongly that it, hospital systems. It's, it's going to be a lift to get cameras and speakers in every room, you know, to begin with. Yeah, um, if sure. we suddenly said you needed to wire, I'm, I'm, I'm sure a, a reverberation to networking teams all across the country uh -huh. just went like, did something terrible just happen to someone today? We're gonna need five cameras in a room. Um, so for a whole bunch of reasons, I yeah. hope that's not exactly Well, we true. hope that they're sharing the cameras, but the, yeah. you know, there's purposeful, not yes. just two not different just... competing vendors that need their own camera. That yes. makes sense, yeah. I got you. Talk to us about what you think that the future of virtual nursing really looks like. I mean, if there's a camera in the room, like it's easy for a nurse to do that. Why would they want to walk around? I, I guess there could be some ish instances, but. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, 
I've never talked to a nurse or a physician or a respiratory therapist or a pharmacist or a physical, anyone that went into clinical practice who said, you know, the thing that really drags me down in a day is having to go to the bedside of a patient and take care of them. No one says that. Yeah, that's true. The thing that drags them down are the things that pull their attention away from being able to have and focus on the compassion mm. of the care. And not that you aren't compassionate behind the camera, sure. but um, I, I don't think that we're going to see um, that nurses are going to say, ooh, let's do all of our care. It's, it is a high touch, sure. uh, you know, area and it's, it's, it's a high touch profession. Um, I think what we're going to see is that nurses might want the opportunity to do both or they may want an opportunity later in their career to transition to something more like a remote nurse or thing. And again, and I don't think it's gonna stop with nursing. Mm -hmm. We're really focused on nursing right now. We need to be because the number, nurses make, especially on the inpatient side, nurses make the world go round. Yep. Um, and without enough of them, our entire ecosystem of healthcare is at risk. Yeah. Um, but there are so many, we have, we're gonna have shortages of everything. There's no reason why, again, respiratory therapists, pharmacists, care managers, why they can't be doing remote care too. Not as a replacement mm -hmm. for bedside care, but as an adjunct to be able to quickly check on something, right. quickly have an interaction with a patient that doesn't then require even just the foot time of walking around. So I see the world of virtual um, expanding greatly. And I think in the next few years, we're going to start with nursing in particular to start to hone in on um, a few workflows and a few models that fit organizations the best. Because again, I don't think it's going to be one, mm -hmm. um, but I think there are going to be a handful and we'll start to kind of hone in on here's the best, you know, the best practices on that. Interesting. And talk to us about how this fits into, I mean, Artisite has a smart hospital platform. What do you see as kind of this full platform smart hospital? Obviously it's going to develop over time, but what do you see right now for smart hospital? Yeah. So, you know, again, if we think about that 70% of healthcare workforce is clinical and we think about how we're going to need to improve throughput, how we're going to need to be more efficient, we are, we need to bring automation. Every other industry has improved their efficiencies by bringing automation. We need to bring automation to our clinicians. That's gonna have to happen in every environment. We need automation in our clinics. We need automation in our ORs. We need automation in our patient rooms. Every environment that patients are in could leverage automation to reduce some of the high friction elements and also to improve the quality of the data that we have. Mm. A lot of the data that we have today when people are looking at process improvement um, opportunities, it's, um, it's impacted by the fact that, again, if I'm the bedside caregiver and I need to deliver the care and I need to document it, mm -hmm. Obviously it's not real time. Sure. And sometimes it may be greatly delayed, not because of uh, anything negative, but because again, the focus is on the patient. Sure. So how do we improve the quality of that data by being able to see that something happened or hear that something happened, help have algorithmic uh, elements that can help us identify that, bring that into the records, bring that into our communication tools so that we can automate some of those high friction areas. So again, that's gonna go across the entirety 
of the healthcare ecosystem. I was talking with a, a hospital leader from the OR um, a few weeks ago at a conference, and she didn't want to talk about making the OR better. She wanted to talk about how do, the, how do we help the floors because she can't see, they can't bring more people into the OR because there's no beds for them to go to <laughs> when those patients come out of surgery. These things don't function independently. <laughs> mm -hmm. They function very dependently on each other. And so having a platform technology that can go across that ecosystem and leverage the same tools and the same investment um, for one health system allows you to bring those pieces together and really start doing those systematic improvements. Interesting. Well, as someone who's slept on a freezing bed in the ER, I understand the need for more beds and <laughs> access to beds. So yeah. Stephanie, it's always a pleasure talking to you and learning from you. So oh, thanks, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. If you want to find more great health IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcasting applications. Thanks, Stephanie. Great to see you as always.